Well, welcome to week four of five in our series called At the Movies. If you're here for the very first time, or maybe you're back for the first time in a really long time, or maybe this morning you're simply just checking us out online. If we've never met before, my name is Ben. I'm the lead pastor here at CORE, and we could not be more excited that y'all are here with us. You see, throughout this series, we pull out all the stops to have a little fun and to engage with you in a little bit different of a way. And while the method throughout this series may be a little different, the mission remains the same. You see, we believe with all of our hearts that even something like the movies can lead us to God's truth and ultimately has the potential to do something in us and something for us to make our futures better. And so throughout this series, we've been tackling a different genre each and every week with a different message for all lives that's practical and relevant to the things we encounter Monday through Saturday as we walk back out into our real worlds. And throughout this series, while we've been tackling some ridiculously relevant topics, we've also been tackling some ridiculously challenging topics. A few weeks ago, we kicked this whole thing off in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and we talked about this concept that every single one of us, as humanity in our time here on earth, face this inevitability that we will all experience loss. And if you're anything like me, I don't always deal with the losses of my life in a healthy way. And yet there is a way for us to deal with the loss of all life in the healthiest way possible to bring us out the other side better than what we went in. And then a couple weeks ago, we continued as we went all the way back in time to one of the biggest blockbusters of all time, coming out in 1939, we explored the original Wizard of Oz. And we talked about this ability that all of us have to be world changers in a world that desperately needs it. These choices that we're all faced with every day that when we choose right, allow us to live a life of impact and of meaning. And then last week, we continued on with our series by looking at Creed 3. And we talked about this reality that all of us have a past. And if your past is anything like mine, my past isn't pretty. And yet we all have the potential as we look back on our past to overcome that past and to let go of what was and to walk in to what is. And today we continue on with this genre that brings out the inner child in all of us as we explore the animated movie genre with the new Super Mario Brothers movie. And we look at this concept in all of our lives of how we deal with the moments of our lives that we feel tired, exhausted, and as if life is beating us. I still remember, it's hard for me to admit this, but nearly 20 years ago, I was an upperclassman in high school, and about this time of the year, every single year, was the time in which we were preparing for our high school basketball season, and we were right smack dab in the middle of our conditioning process for high school basketball. And because of that, literally, I think it's this weekend, some of you high school students would know this better than I, but there was always, towards the end of October, the district cross-country meet. And at this district cross-country meet, almost every single year, it was held at Ammons Reservoir over in Galleon, and they did something special that I don't even know that they do anymore. They would hold the varsity race, and all of the teams would gather together, and they would go through the varsity race, and then immediately after the varsity race, they would hold what was called an open race. And all the kids who weren't in the top seven or eight to be able to run with the varsity team were then allowed to participate in this giant open race at the district meet. 
But what was special about this is that at this one meet, they didn't just open it up to all the high school students who didn't qualify to be on the varsity cross-country team. They opened it up to anybody who wanted to run. And so you could go over and stand at the starting line and run at the open district cross-country meet if you wanted to. And so I got this brilliant idea that as I was really in the best shape of my life and we were preparing and conditioning, that I was going to go over and I was going to run with some of my friends in the open meet for this district cross-country meet. Now, those of you who know me, you already have smiles on your face because what you know about me is this, is that there is, actually, there is no fun in running for fun. Like, I'm sorry, this, this may offend some of y'all, so stick with me. If you are someone who runs for fun, you are in that special category of human beings who also work with like middle schoolers for their life or preschoolers for their life, right? Because the reality is, is running just is not fun. And yet here I was on this day embarking on this race, and one of my really good friends through high school was a part of that open race. He had run the entire season, uh, the cross-country season. He had prepped, but he didn't qualify to be in that top seven or eight. And so he said to me, hey, Ben, if you want to come run, I'll set the pace for us. You've never done this before, so I'll help make sure you get through. So I was like, oh, great, I can do this. 3.1 miles, that's not that much. That's not that big of a deal. I will breeze through this. And for any of y'all in the room who have ever run any sort of distance at all, for you that distance may be a mile, it may be two, it may be to the refrigerator and back, I don't know what it is, but there's always that moment in the distance run in which you experience this moment where you immediately regret your decision. Been there before? And you know you are immediately regretting your decision because your body is telling you it. You see, there's this moment where you hit a point where everything inside of you begins to hurt. And for me, that happened about halfway through the race. We had just passed the mile marker and my lungs began to burn. And on top of my lungs burning, there was this thing, you know what I'm talking about, right here, right, that began to ache on my side. And it just wanted to double you over. And in that moment, I made this decision. There was so much pain that what I thought before the race is most definitely true. There is no such thing as running for fun, y'all, and I should not have done this. And in the midst of all of my pain, I looked over at my friend who was running beside me, and I said, Chad, I'm going through an immense amount of pain here, and this is not fun at all. You keep going. I'm just going to walk for a little bit. I'm going to regain some of my composure, and I'm going to let some of that pain dissipate, and then I'll finish the race, and I'll see you at the finish line. And my friend looked back at me in that moment and had the gall to say, no, you're not. You are not going to start walking. Because here's what I know. I've done this long enough to understand that in this moment, when everything is burning and everything is hurting, and you feel like you're not going to make it through, if in this moment you choose to walk, you will never start running again. Because it will feel good when you start walking. All of that pain will start to go away, and you'll convince yourself, there is no need for me to put myself through that again. And so you just continue to walk. And you see, my question to you is this. Can you ever reach a point in some facet of your life where you're just not sure if you can go on? You're exhausted, beat down, discouraged, and pretty sure things, and at least in this facet of your life, are never going to get better. 
That when it comes to this particular area of your life, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you've even started to think maybe there is no light at the end of this tunnel. And when those feelings in the midst of your tiredness and exhaustion and feeling beat down by life begin to close in around you, there is this inevitability that in those moments of your life, not only are you not sure if you can keep going, but you begin to question whether it's even worth it to keep going. And those moments have littered every single one of our pasts. We felt it in our relationships. We felt it in the moments of financial hiccup in our lives. We felt it in the aftermath of the diagnosis. We felt it a couple weeks into the chemo. We felt it in the seasons where we had multiple kids and diapers and we weren't sure if we could continue to do this. Or the seasons where we had multiple kids who were teenagers and all they do is constantly tell us that they hate us. We felt it in our job. And we've most certainly felt it in the battles of our life in which we have clawed tooth and nail to succeed or to win at something. And all it feels is as if we're constantly losing. And the truth is, is that every single time we encounter one of these moments in our lives in which the tiredness, exhaustion, feelings of being beat down and questioning whether there's even a light at the end of the tunnel begin to close in on us, what we can be certain of is this is that those feelings of tiredness and exhaustion in our lives will always try to communicate one thing and one thing only into your story. One thing and one thing only into that facet of your life. You see, what we can be certain of and what I bet if we were to get honest enough and to look close enough at every moment of our past in which we've experienced tiredness, exhaustion, and the feelings of being beat down by life is that time and time again, tiredness has communicated the same message to us, that tiredness will always try to convince you to throw in the towel. It will always try to convince you that the easiest route possible is just to turn back, is just to give in to your premonition that you knew before all of this started, that there is no such thing as running for fun. And so just stop running. Just stop doing it. It's a whole lot easier to throw in the towel. And furthermore, when you look around, everybody else is doing it. It's not like you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. In fact, you stick out more when you continue going. And so just follow the track that everybody else has already laid. Just do what everybody else is doing. And in those moments of our lives where we experience those feelings of exhaustion and tiredness, what we can be certain of is that time and time again, we will feel these same messages bombard us from every single angle from the world around us and that small voice that exists inside of us. It's the messages that Mario and Luigi find bombarding them as they embark on this new endeavor in life to open their own plumbing business. And at the beginning of this endeavor, those of you who have been an entrepreneur and launched your own business know the pains of this. At the beginning, all of those questions come flooding back in. Because everything isn't going to plan, and it's not as rosy and dreamy as they made it out to be in their head. And there's this likelihood that they will fail, and that they won't be able to succeed, and that they won't be good enough. And in the midst of all of those feelings swarming in from inside of them, they also encounter this voice communicating a similar message from outside of them. They encounter their rival, their enemy, 
another plumber that they used to work for by the name of Spike. And as he sees them in the aftermath of a commercial that they've created for their business, this is what Spike communicates about their likelihood to be able to make it through the difficulty. Check this out. You see, oftentimes what comes natural in those moments is we shrink back in fear. And we begin to think like Luigi. That sure, throwing in the tile is driven by fear of what lies on the other side of pushing through the pain. But like Mario said, can we really live in fear for the rest of our lives? In the midst of the messages that are bombarding you like Spike over the two brothers, we have these feelings of you're a joke and you'll never be good enough. You'll never be a good enough spouse. You'll never be a good enough parent. You'll never be a good enough business leader. You'll never be good enough at managing a budget and your finances. You'll never dig yourself out of this hole. You'll never turn this around. You'll never be able to make this right. You'll never be able to fix it. You just flat out aren't smart enough and aren't good enough. When we hear those messages in our lives, we begin to look for any way out possible. And yet, what if? What if this morning I was able to convince you that throwing in the towel is robbing you of discovering something about yourself and also maybe just maybe robbing you of experiencing God's best? No matter who you are, where you come from, what you've walked through, what you're carrying this morning as you walked through those doors, that God has a best that he wants for you. That he wants you to experience a rich and satisfying life right here, right now, on this earth. And yet throwing in the towel could be the very thing that's robbing us from experiencing God's best in our lives. 20 years ago, when my friend had the gall to say to me, no, you're not. You are not going to walk. You are not going to quit. For some reason, I made this determination to listen to him. That he's done this, that he knows best, that in this moment, the pain that I'm feeling, he's walked through already. He's recognized how to come through the other side of it. And so I continued to push through the pain, through the burning lungs and the lump in my side that just continued to hurt. And I just kept my feet moving until somewhere along the way, the numbness began to kick in and the, the lungs began to grow just a little bit. And some of that pain went away. And on that day, I did what I felt like was the unthinkable for me. Someone who had never done this before, but was simply following the pace of someone beside him who had been through the pain before. And that 3.1 mile race, I broke 20 minutes, 19 minutes and 50 seconds, walking out there having never done it before. And yet what I recognized on that afternoon was this is that in pushing through the pain, I learned something about myself. I learned that I had another gear. I learned something about my body, that my lungs weren't actually literally going to explode, that that pain in my side wasn't going to kill me, that there was something that, that I began to, to learn about my potential in that moment that I never would have learned if I would have taken the easy route. If I would have done what came natural, 
what my body was screaming for me to do and what made sense. And you see, the same is true in every single one of our lives. About 2,000 years ago, a guy named Paul completely turned his life 180 degrees after encountering the risen Jesus. A guy whose past was full of opposition to this Christian way or movement now became a follower of this Christ in his experience with a man who said he was going to die and then rise again in three days and then actually went off and did it. And yet what we also know about Paul's story is this. Paul's story was not rainbows and butterflies. What you would think of someone who was adamantly following Jesus and giving their life to Jesus. You see, Paul experienced incredible hardship along the way. These moments of tiredness and exhaustion and feeling as if the world was beating him was not something that was foreign. Because what we know about Paul's story is this. Is as Paul became one of the greatest missionaries of all time and planted churches all across the Mesopotamian rim and became the author of several letters that were a part of the most read history book of all time by a long shot, Paul's parting gift for following Jesus in that unabandoned way was being persecuted, beaten, Stoned, shipwrecked, snake-bitten, and thrown in jail more times than what you can count. And you can imagine in those difficult circumstances of life the amount of times in which Paul encountered this exact same message from tiredness that it would just be easier to throw in the towel. That it would be a whole lot more comfortable just to quit and to turn back on all of this. And yet what Paul learned is that In turning back, he would have missed out on something that God was trying to teach him about himself and also something that God was trying to teach him about him. It's the reason why when Paul encountered one of these churches that he had planted, a church that was going through similar feelings and hardships that Paul had encountered time and time again throughout his past, he decided to write this church that he had planted a letter Because the church in Philippi, scholars believe that at the time Paul penned this letter, was facing extreme persecution, most likely the most extreme persecution of any of the churches that Paul had planted. This church in Philippi was experiencing that on top of learning that their founder had once again been thrown into jail, was of poor health, and most likely would not make it out of jail this time. This guy that they had relied on to help them navigate the Christian faith was no longer going to be there as their navigator. And they began to question this journey. And they began to question whether or not it was much easier just to throw in the towel, just to quit. When the tiredness and the exhaustion and the feelings of being beat down by life closed in. And yet Paul decided to put pen to paper and wrote this letter to them, challenging them to not do what came natural, to not do what felt easy, to not do what everybody else around them was doing, because if they did, they would be missing out on so much more. They would be missing out on God's best. 
And what Paul does is throughout this letter, four chapters, Paul gives them four pieces of advice throughout this chapter, one in each one of these chapters, to help them see the ways in which they continue to press forward when it feels like the game of life is beating you. The first piece of advice that Paul offered them and offers you and I some 2,000 years later is this. That in the moments when it feels like life is beating you and you're tired and exhausted, unsure of whether there's a light at the end of this tunnel, the pivotal step in your life to pressing forward comes down to your ability to find someone who encourages you. To find someone who encourages you. You see, we see throughout Paul's letters that he wrote to all of these churches throughout the Mesopotamian rim, Paul's acknowledgement of the power of our words. In fact, in a series that we did just last month, The Weight of Your Words, we talked about this very thing. And oftentimes the message that Paul communicated about how powerful our words are and how they have the ability to move us in one direction or the other, to bring life or to bring death into our stories, into every facet of our life. And because Paul knew the power of our words, this is how he chooses to start this letter that he wrote to a church that was questioning whether just to simply throw in the towel. In Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, this is what Paul writes. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, Paul starts this letter with such incredible encouragement. He starts it by reminding them of the times they did incredible things, the times they did what nobody else was doing. Did you catch that? At the beginning of this passage, he says, do you remember back to when you first believed and you jumped in with both feet? That you have been my partner in spreading the good news about Jesus all across the world. You were a part of that. You did that. You did what nobody else was doing. You did what nobody else thought was possible. And then he continues in this encouragement by unveiling their potential. I am certain that the God who began these good works in you will see them through to fulfillment until he returns. That you have incredible potential and you are going to fulfill that potential. Paul knows the power of encouragement and becomes the encourager to these people as they are questioning throwing in the towel. There's a part early in the movie where everything has turned south. Luigi has been taken prisoner. The Mushroom Kingdom is about to be attacked. And Princess Peach is trying to train Mario to get him ready for this battle. But the training isn't exactly going well. Mario realizes that this might not turn out well and that he may not be the appropriate person for this job to fight this battle. But in the midst of all of those questions, in the midst of all of that uncertainty, in the midst of things not going well, and the thoughts of tiredness, exhaustion, and being beaten by life, Princess Peach sits him down and does this. 
Check this out. Now you're just trying to make me feel better. And yet as trivial as that seems in an animated movie, the reality in every single one of our lives is that we will experience times in which we are tired, exhausted, and feeling beaten by the game of life. And the question that we all must ponder and we all must answer if we want to be capable of pushing through in those moments of our lives is this. Do you have anyone who is speaking life into you when it feels like some facet of your life is dying? Do you have anyone speaking life into you when it feels like some facet of your life is dying? Because if all you have are friends who are nowhere to be found in the troubling moments of your life, or if all you have are friends who are consistently giving you bad advice and telling you what you want to hear instead of telling you what's right, give me grace. It's time to find new friends. And if you're regularly here on Sunday morning, I know the thoughts that are passing through your mind in this moment. Ben, it feels like every single series that we do, this exact same thing comes up over and over and over again. We talk about this all the time. For good reason. Because, y'all, this is vital to our lives. This is vital to our futures. This is vital to us being able to make it through when it feels like life is beating us down, when we're tired and when we're exhausted. You see, I'm reminded of this story in the life of a guy in the Old Testament named Job. Job passed through a season in which he had lost everything. And do you know the advice that his friends offered him when he was going through difficulty? Job, I think it would be best and easiest for you if you just curse God and die. Dude, you need new friends. And yet the reality is, is most likely for so many of us, that same reality rings true. Because the truth of the matter is this, your friends determine the quality and direction of your life. We talk about this so often because your circle matters. For every facet of your life, your circle is determining the quality and direction of that part of your life. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. What circle are you choosing? And can I just say this, y'all? It would be better for you to pass through a season in which you had no friends if that's what it takes to get rid of the bad ones. Your future depends on it. Whether you quit or keep going and discover something about yourself and discover something about God and his reckless love for you is determined by our willingness to find someone who encourages us. There will be a season where you're tired. And in those seasons, if you have the wrong friends, you will make the wrong choices. And so we must be conscious of this and courageous in changing this if it needs to be changed. The second piece of advice that Paul gives is this, is that in those seasons, we must choose to simply not quit. 
Don't quit. In the third chapter, Paul writes this. I focus on this one thing. And Paul is referring to his moments of hardship in life. When I'm passing through hardships and things are difficult, as I'm sitting here, Paul's writing this letter from prison, right? A prison that he will never get out of, that he will die in. As I sit here rotting in this prison, I focus on one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And these next three words are so powerful. I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This is resolve. This is perseverance. This is a training exercise in keeping your eyes focused on what is ahead of you. That you can't drive the car looking through the rear view mirror. In another letter that Paul writes to a different church he had planted, Paul says this, don't get tired of doing what is good. For at just the right time, if you don't quit, you will reap a harvest of blessing. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Keep going. And if you keep going and you don't quit, at just the right time, you will begin to recognize what God had in all of this for you. Isn't that powerful? And I feel like it's appropriate for, uh, for us to make a 10-second aside here. I promise, just 10 seconds. Quitting and making changes to make that facet of your life healthier are not the same thing. Quitting and establishing new healthy boundaries within that relationship are not the same thing. Those things are still persevering. But they're making a determination to say, okay, the way we've been doing this, we're not just going to put our head down and ignore that how we've been doing it isn't working. Going to bed every night upset and we just draw a line in the middle of the bed. If your toe touches my line, then I'm like kicking you back over to your other side. That's not the healthiest way to do disagreement. And so we're going to keep going, but we're going to set some new boundaries and some new ways to do communication and expectations within this relationship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. See the difference? That was way more than 10 seconds. I'm sorry. But we can keep going while also making some adjustments. There's a place in the movie where Mario and Princess Peach go to try to, to get the army of the donkeys to be on their side and to go into this war for the Mushroom Kingdom with them. But in order for this to happen, the agreement that's settled on is that Mario has to defeat Donkey Kong. And through this fight, Mario is getting absolutely destroyed. Like he is beat, it seems like there is no way to win. And yet Mario just makes this decision, like he just keeps clawing, he just keeps looking for a solution until he finds that solution and against all odds, he defeats Donkey Kong. And as they sit down after the battle, after his victory, Princess Peach sees this incredible trait in Mario. Check this out.
you just don't know when to quit. What does it look like in the middle of difficulty to let your perseverance grow? To push yourself a little further than what you thought was possible. And to go back to my running analogy, or lack thereof, do you realize that in running, your lungs don't grow until you push them past your conceivable limit? That is how growth happens, to go past what you think is possible. And the same applies to every facet of our lives, to the difficulties that we pass through. You don't know what you're capable of until you go past what you think you're capable of. You don't experience growth until you persevere past the point of comfort. And so we must become people who have resolve to say, I'm not quitting. I'm not throwing in the towel. I will make some adjustments, but I'm going to let my perseverance grow. And then Paul gives this third piece of advice. Then the moments of difficulties, you must, you must, you must choose to look beyond yourself. You see, when my life is all about me, my circumstances will always dictate my attitude, my demeanor, and my just overall outlook and perspective on life. You see, when my life is all about me, I have no choice but to determine that life is terrible when my own circumstances aren't exactly as I want them to be. But when I choose to look beyond just myself, I can look at life and my life through a completely different lens. It's the reason why in chapter 2, Paul offers this advice. Check this out. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. And then he says this. Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. And if you're a follower of Jesus, this is where the two by four to the forehead comes in. He says this, do you know who you're following? You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I love this. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. When Jesus, the God of the universe, put on flesh and stepped onto the pages of history, do you know what he knew? Do you know what he lived out? He recognized that the purpose of his life was not to have great circumstances. That was not the sole purpose of his life, was to live his entire life and just have the, mo the best circumstances possible. He knew that there was a means to an end in his life that wasn't about his own personal circumstances on this earth. And it changed the way he did life. It changed the way he looked at his life. You see, your life is best lived when your life isn't all about you. And can we just look close and get honest for a second? We have a terrible perspective on life when all we see is ourselves, right? And there's really two reasons for that. The first reason is simply this. When all I look at is my life through the lens of my own circumstances, I never see it from the perspective that others have it worse than me or others have gone through the same thing as me. That I'm not in this alone. Asking for grace a lot this morning. 
first world problems. We view our lives simply through the lens of our own circumstances without ever recognizing that our lives would be so much healthier lived if we recognize, do you know there are millions of people out there who aren't sure where the next meal is coming from? Our circumstances aren't what we might want them to be, but we haven't had to think about going across the street to Wendy's right after this. Looking beyond ourselves changes our perspective. But the second thing that it does is this, is that when my life is all about me and my circumstances, I lack a purpose that is bigger than me. If your life is a means to your own end, your life will always lack meaning. Y'all okay? If your life is only a means to your own end, your life will always lack meaning. The meaning and purpose that God wants you to have in your time on this earth. Towards the end of the movie, the ultimate war for the mushroom kingdom has started. Bowser is winning. He's kicking Mario's butt. Mario is hiding and contemplating whether to come out of hiding, whether to continue fighting this. He's tired, exhausted. Life is beating him down. But in the midst of all of those feelings of it would just be better to throw in the towel, Mario sees something that changes his perspective and changes everything. Check this out. The Super Mario Brothers are here to save Brooklyn. My life isn't all about me. Every single day, we as human beings have an opportunity to save the day in somebody else's story. If we allow our lives to not be all about me. My life might not be perfect, but I still have meaning and purpose. We must choose to find someone who encourages us to not quit and to look beyond ourselves. But this last one that Paul gives us advice on is the ultimate trump card. Those three are all well and good and powerful, but there is nothing that compares to this last one. You see, all of us have this opportunity and this choice in all lives, and the tiredness and the exhaustion, when it feels like the game of life is beating us, to tap into the ultimate power source. That we have been given freedom to tap into the ultimate power source that is greater than us, that is greater than anything in this world. That Paul unveils this ultimate trump card at the very end of this letter he writes to the church in Philippi, like he's saving the best for last. Do all of this, but nothing compares to this last nugget that I have for you. In chapter 4, verse 12, he says this. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And it's as if you can just sense the entire church in Philippi is asking, how is that even possible? For I can do everything through Christ who gives 
me strength. I can get through anything. How? Because I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to be strong enough. I don't have to be good enough. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't know, have to know how to fix this because I can tap into the one who does. I can tap into the one who is enough and is more power than me and loves me enough to want to share his power with me. You see, the God of the universe in our moments of distress and tiredness and exhaustion and when we feel beat down and as if there is no light at the end of this tunnel says this into our lives. I know you don't feel like you're enough to get through this. But you don't have to be enough. Because I already was. I was enough on that cross. I was enough in that grave. I'm enough right here and right now. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead can be had by you too. Right here, right now, in the middle of your tiredness and exhaustion. There's a moment where Mario's trying to figure out how to be enough. He feels like there's no way he could ever do it with the skills and the size he presently has. But then Princess Peach reveals the ultimate trump card, something at his disposal that is greater than anything else that they've talked about or been through. And it's this. Check this out. There is a power-up. That's available to all of us. And his name is Jesus. And yet there's these two incredibly applicable pieces in that one clip that I think are so true in our lives. I don't know if you knew this or noticed this or not, but the power-up that Mario was offered was something that did not come easy or natural to him at first. He did not like mushrooms. You see, when it comes to the power up in all lives that we have access to Jesus, who is greater than me, greater than the world around me, sometimes tapping into that power isn't easy at first and doesn't come naturally at first. Like reading my Bible isn't something that I particularly enjoy at first. Praying isn't something that feels all that natural. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to start it. I don't know how to end it. I don't know what this looks like. Even accepting Jesus into your life oftentimes feels like it comes with more questions than it does answers. And yet what we see is Mario engaging in something that isn't easy or natural or comfortable to tap into this power. The second thing that I love about this clip is this. When you get hit, it knocks the power out of you. And there are a lot of times in our lives where the hits of life just keep coming at us. And it feels like we're back to the same place of being tired and exhausted and questioning life as life is beating us. You can't just tap into the power source once. You've got to keep going back and tapping into it again and again and again. Conversation with the God who created the universe, who holds the world in his hands. Tapping into his word. Accepting Jesus into your life when life feels hardest. See, you walked into this room with a lot of stuff weighing you down. Right now, your life is filled with the feelings of wanting to throw in the towel. You're tired and you don't know how to keep going. But there is this choice. Simple, yet difficult. That we all have at our fingertips. Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I place my eyes on Jesus, the power source who is greater than me and greater than the world around me. We acknowledge, I can't do this by myself. We acknowledge when we're tired and exhausted and feeling beaten, I need him. Would you pray with me? With all eyes closed this morning, Maybe this morning you're sitting there. And if you were forced to get honest, what you would admit is this. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I feel an awful lot like there's not a light at the end of this tunnel. Or if not presently, you've experienced that countless times in your past. You've tried to do it on your own. frankly, you feel hopeless. Yet today is the day where you finally admit, I need a power source that's bigger than me, that's bigger than the circumstances of this world. Today, I'm willing to do something courageous and do what isn't comfortable or natural and to tap into Jesus, to invite him into my life and my story into my tiredness and exhaustion. But Ben, I don't know what that looks like or where to start. Today, man, it's as simple as this. In your own head, in your own heart, just repeating this prayer. God, today, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've tried on my own, and I'm ready to get honest. It just hasn't worked. I feel like throwing in the towel, and I feel like I'm not good enough, and I'll never make it on my own. And yet today, I'm choosing to trust. I don't have to be good enough on my own. ultimate power source who is bigger than that cross bigger than that grave and is bigger than the circumstances of my life so today I'm inviting you into my story even though I have questions even though this isn't comfortable today I need you it's in your name that I pray and for all of us God there are countless times in our past in which we have faced the reality of life beating us down. And there will be moments in our future. And yet, God, our prayer today is that we would be courageous enough to find someone who encourages us, to have the resolve not to quit, 
to be people who look beyond ourselves and then to consistently tap into the power source that is you. God, may we see the importance of each of those steps when we feel like throwing in the towel. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.